Hello and welcome to The Lab, a Minecraft podcast where we explore, experiment, and theorize about all things Minecraft. I am Minor Thoughts, and with me is the man with the wood that it's so good. Yes, it's so good. The Troj. I believe you're now into recycling wood. I believe we've had that one before, Minor, but... Uh... Yes, we have community listeners, we need your feedback. We need fresh wood. I need... Don't take this the wrong way. I need fresh wood. <laughs> I need more wood puns. Yeah, you know you know how to reach us. Can I just say, Minor, please, please reach out <laughs> to help him because we literally spend the first 15 minutes prepping to record with Minor starting off by saying, oh, I'm out of wood. I have no wood. And then it devolves into mindless adolescence. To put it to put it bluntly, so um, right. please help us. Please help us to be <laughs> mature and send us wood puns. But yes, speaking of feedback, yes, feedback. Now, is this going to be over several episodes, or I think we've gotten some feedback from our our latest episode. Uh, a couple we've, of them. We're getting feedback, minor, from every episode these days. So we have a few to track back to. Um, but okay, I, I think the most recent one though which we will leave towards the end that we're going to cover in this. Yeah, it probably had the most feedback and the most thoughts of any that we've put out. So um, I'm looking forward to discussing that one. Okay. But we are going to start with, if we go back a little ways, uh, we actually had a topic to talk about that ironically came back from feedback. And it was um, from Dab, uh, one of our loyal listeners. Hello, Dab. And Dab had asked the question there about, you know, how we got started uh, in content creation and he was looking at getting started with his son and, you know, what our recommendations be for setup, how to start. And we sort of put an episode together and we also put uh, forward there some thoughts on, you know, the philosophy behind it and how to think and not to stress and enjoy the fun of it. And obviously Dab gave some feedback back to that and just basically thanks us for the insight and perspective and no worries dab and as i said uh to you i think it was on a twitch stream there you know if you ever need help or want to talk about it some more then by all means hit us up again uh and the other piece of feedback we got there for that episode was again from uh one of our little uh loyal dino friends jurassics the journey is so rewarding it's so much fun to meet and play with others and create content and i think that's probably the key thing the whole way along you know not everyone's going to be in that one percent that makes it and makes it a career and makes it huge and gets well known. Uh, but yeah, enjoy the journey. In the case of Dab, enjoy the, the process of making the content with your son as a bonding moment um, and just enjoy the people that you meet along the way. Yeah, exactly. You're a man of lovely words. You, your, your analysis of those comments there, Minor, it just has left me speechless. Um, <laughs> very eloquent. Uh, so, so we will move on to um, our episode we put out there. Uh, we spoke about how the Elytra ruins Minecraft. And that was a comment that had actually been made by Good Times with Scar uh, over on mm -hmm. Twitter. And uh, the first message that we got there was from Jacob saying, woohoo, my comment has been seen. Uh, yes, we read every comment. We uh, respond and look at every bit of feedback that we get. And if you too leave us feedback, drop us an email or a message or whatnot, uh, yeah, you too might have uh, your message read out on the podcast. Uh, but the first one of substance there was uh, from Devara. Uh, now, you've probably heard us mention Devara before, and Devara 
she writes thesis. When when she leaves a comment, it's extensive. And uh, I'd like to say that Devara has now taken it to new heights. Uh, she dropped me a message on Discord saying, uh, the message that I have written is too long for the comment section, so I need to send you a text document. So, so uh, she's, she's a, a lady with a lot of thoughts, uh, but her comments here on this one about the Elytra, Again, if you want to read the whole thing, please head over to YouTube where she usually leaves her comments. Uh, but So I'm going to just pick, handpick a, a moment from it. I know a lot of people love Elytra for the fact that you can get around the world so much easier. But in a way, it's a thing that I've noticed where a large majority of players or at least content creators tend to only fly after getting their wings unless they are showing off their builds from ground level. I'm not sure what people think about it, but the only time I see it being in any way an issue is once you get into world download, where content creators will build without thinking about players who don't use Elytra. There are a number of people who make things floating in the air without any other way to get there. Or you have to make your own staircase because of it being a cliff face base that you can't get into other ways. Um, I think, you know, we sort of touched on that in the episode there, Minor, about, you know, the perspective. Things look different from the top and from the bottom. And obviously mm-hmm. we're coming into World 4 now, uh, Interrealms, very, very, very soon. And I'm when I'm putting my prep builds together at the moment, uh, those that are watching might have noticed, I haven't made it overtly obvious, but you might have noticed, you know, I'll build things and I'll go straight to the ground and then I'll look at it. But then I get into free cam mode and I go up and I look at it from different angles. But I'm always making sure I see what it looks like from the bottom because things look different from different angles. And I think we touched on it. It was about the immersion, really, that sometimes that immersion gets broken when you're just flying over. Oh, there's so much I could say about this. <laughs> you said I didn't have much to say about the last one. But yeah, um, well, first off, uh, you know, it's funny. We talked about this, uh, you know, comment from Scar. And um, how Elytra, you know, kind of ruins the immersion. And if, uh, you know, people that uh, watch Hermitcraft, have you noticed now in their new season, a lot of them are, they're not going for the, the Elytra right away. They're, they're riding around on horses. So I think that's, uh, that's a really good thing. And that's something that I want to do in, in World 4 is maybe, you know, look at... Uh, traveling around on horses as as well as uh, when the when the 1.21 finally drops and we finally get whatever it's going to be the wind charge i'll be using that for transportation oh yes i will and and don't say anything i know you want to say something they're gonna fix it it's it was perfect the way it was when they brought the wind charge out so mojang just needs to fix it and all, I'll be using that for transfer, uh, transportation. All I'm going to say is patch it, and if you know, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> talking about uh, the transport side of it then, we had another message then from Dab again. Hello again. Uh, for me personally, the Elytra is vital for productivity. With limited time to play, I can get my ideas built faster and move on to the next phase. Um, and then the, uh, the next comment sort of follow on with that. So we got Jacob there commenting again. I think it's a very useful item that helps us to build bigger and quicker if you don't want to use it uh, or have a different experience and then simply stop using it. Fair. Uh, and then Jurassic's uh, and Elytra 
is predominantly about speed and convenience. Unfortunately, this means we get lazy very quickly. We should take time to view things from a different perspective. This has made right. me think about future plans. All very similar things there. And, you know, we're both Elytra users. We both use them and, and we both know that the minute you get an Elytra on your back, it very rarely comes off, you know, and it, it does. It increases your travel time. Uh, it, it It's definitely a lifesaver when you're doing big builds and you might accidentally take a misstep and, you know, you, you get to glide to the ground. So, look, I don't think they'll ever take the Elytra out of the game, but it was an interesting conversation just to have based on a comment that Scar made, which had uh, relevance because, you know, and it had merit because you do sort of lose the the immersion at times. But I guess the idea is there is when you want to look at something, take a land and go. But mm -hmm. there's another thing that we didn't really touch on, uh, which is ironically going to lead us into a bit of feedback that we got, which was from episode six, is where we cheekily entitled it, Minecraft is Impossible. If you're flying, you know, we, we said in that episode that it, the, the game of Minecraft is not intuitive. And we listed as an example, trail ruins. You have zero hope of finding a trail ruin at all from the air. So if you're flying, there are features of the game that even though they're not intuitive, you actually rob yourself of the chance of accidentally finding. So that's another part of it as we very seamlessly, expertly segue into the feedback se section for episode six, Minecraft is Impossible. Yeah, you like and, I, and you on like that how note, I did that? That was, that was nice and smooth. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um, just, you know, before we get into to it being impossible, I hadn't to, yet to find trail runes in on the interrealms uh world three i haven't found one um i know a lot of them have been plundered already but uh yeah they're, they're, yeah. they're kind of hard to find yeah they they don't stick out that's for sure yes most of them have been well and truly plundered of their ill-gotten booty they're not worth the time or money or the effort but we'll get into that so we did put an episode out is Minecraft actually impossible? And the argument there was that with all the latest updates and whatnot, the game is becoming increasingly, increasingly more unintuitive, particularly for a newer player. And the driving catalyst of that whole thing for me was the wolf armor, the dog armor. And the way you get that is you get the armadillo, you brush it with an archaeology brush, what it drops, you can collect and craft into dog armor, the wolf armor. Not intuitive in the slightest. And so we extended that out then to the whole of Minecraft and is Minecraft falling away with that? Now we had some comments on YouTube firstly, again from Jurassic's. Uh, very interesting rabbit hole that you went down. It will be interesting to see what the 121 update will actually be. Uh, however, I agree that the game is completely unintuitive now. So someone agrees. Uh, Jacob again. Uh, fully agree. Uh, this is great to have all new additions as experienced players. It seems that Minecraft is getting further away from the original idea. With all the new items added, it's almost impossible to be able to figure out some stuff if you're a new player. Great topic. Such a grey area. Not going to lie, would not like to be a new player of Minecraft now as it could come across as overwhelming. I'm sure we'll get into it uh, uh, with other feedback that we've gotten Uh is it uh, something that we didn't talk about is, you know, the types of people that are playing um, Minecraft. Um, when we say it's impossible, is it impossible for children? Is it impossible for, you know, people in their 20s or, you know, some people that are aging as such as myself? Um, you know, <laughs> like what's is it impossible for everybody? 
Why not? Impossible. Yeah. We we are not aging. Like fine wine, we are maturing. Oh, oh yeah. 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 We'll <laughs> go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I take your point there. Um, I, I just let's let's just look very very quickly again at the Nether portal. You know, the the Nether is such an important feature in terms of you actually have to go there to be able to complete the game to finish it. You have to go there, mm-hmm. and everything really about how to get there, what to do when you're there and whatnot, isn't very intuitive. Now, okay, yes, they've added in the the uh, the ruin portals, which give a hint that there's something, and it gives you potentially a way to light it in the chests. But you could be a dummy like me and not actually put that together. You know, there's so many parts of those nether portals that you have to actually figure out. One is you have to figure out it's a portal, and then it goes somewhere. Two, you have to figure out that crying obsidian is not part of it and you need to only use normal obsidian and then finally you need to be able to put it together in your head that you need to light it that one thing alone isn't very clear and then if you once you cross over to the other side you've then got to figure out to use it to find a fortress which if you go in the wrong direction could take you a very long time and it goes on from there so it's definitely not intuitive and they keep adding in things that continue to make it not intuitive or you have to accidentally find or you have to you can do things once and there's no point doing it again or as enzyme says there's stuff that they're i'm paraphrasing a little bit uh there's stuff that they are adding in like the trail ruins which are not enticing enough for me uh to go and look at and that's a fair comment i've done one trail ruin and that was because i had nothing else to do one night so i went and did it and joined on someone's stream and did it with them maybe it's just i'm old Maybe I just can't figure things out. <laughs> well, you know? I know I know the feedback you're going to talk to. So put a pin in that one. Put a pin okay. in it. And uh, we will definitely get to it. But there's one more before I get to the one you're thinking of. And there's a reason I'm leaving it to the end because it's uh, right. it, it's very well thought out. And it's mm-hmm. taking a slightly different slant on this topic. In fact, the next two bits, the final two bits of feedback for this week are actually uh, got a different slant. Mm-hmm. And the oh, first yeah. one, the first one's from Adam. Hello, Adam. Great to hear from you. First time to reach out to us. So thank you. So he's got two things. I'm going to read one first. We suggested actually maybe putting quests into the game, you know, to give mm-hmm. it a more, a more direction. And interestingly, before I read this feedback, which Adam touches on, I realized after recording that when I was going back through editing, there are sort of quests in Minecraft, sort of. So you can go to the advancements tab or the achievements or whatever mm-hmm. they call them. You can say, oh, it can show you I need to do X, Y, Z. As a new player booting up the game for the first time, do you know where to go to find your advancements? Do you know that there are advancements until you actually get an advancement? You go, I get advancements, but nothing tells you to go look for advancements. But anyway, I could prattle on for hours. Uh, Adam, I'm fairly new, under two years of playing, and have purchased many of the physical guidebooks, Guide to Survival, Farming, Combat, Redstone, would love your thoughts on whether or not you feel Mojang's development is, in any way, related to marketing those books as reference. Uh, personally, I hope it's not. My take on that is probably that's not their primary intention, uh, because no one reads books. But I have no doubt it's definitely an, a revenue stream for them. Also, interestingly, some of the guides that are out there are not actually official. Uh, I know my son's got a couple of the older books and it very clearly says unofficial guide, even though, there, yes, there are official ones as well, but there's a lot out there that are not official. I personally don't think that the lack of intuition in the game 
is directly related to them going, okay, we can go sell guidebook to get more money. I don't think that's it. Uh, I think it's a, for them, it's a happy bonus, a happy accident. I, I just think it's, they've got the development of the game to such a point where they're going, well, people have, we've got a 12 year old game. Everyone knows how to play Minecraft. And to some extent, a, a, a forgetting that there's still new people particularly older ones actually and uh speaking of that uh and this again this will probably segue into the the uh, the final bit of feedback speaking of guides and um to kind of plug your your other podcasts uh dad and lad chuckles and change uh do you remember magazines and games that you could get you know uh where you could get the guide you get Mm -hmm uh you know uh a guide kind of a walkthrough of the entire game maps everything uh and you just don't see those anymore and then you had uh different i remember games uh like games informer forget nintendo had one and they had like different walkthroughs or guides uh in those and you just don't see those anymore i mean because you Mm. can look it up on youtube but that's kind of one of those things that uh, you just don't see anymore is uh, any guide yep. or anything like that. No, uh, I, I and agree. It, yeah. It's kind of a it's kind of a you know something that we grew up with, mm. uh, and it's it's a generational thing to where you know whatever guide or walkthrough or whatever tutorial is needed, uh, kids these days can just go to YouTube. Yeah. No, I I very distinctly remember. I would buy the uh, PC Gamer Mag every month or how often it come up in the mm-hmm. PlayStation one because they'd have guides or something in there related to it. You know, I, I can remember, I remember when Metal Gear Solid 2 came out and they had a part in that game. I'm like, I was a completionist of the Metal Gear games. I had to do it all. And I can remember going and getting a guide because there was a there's a part in metal gear solid 2 where one of the side adventure thingies is to collect all the dog tags from the various npcs mm-hmm. around the place and i thought life of me couldn't find them all i went and bought the guide to metal gear solid 2 which was a physical magazine book some sort of thing what you want to call it you'd buy from a what we would call a news agent they sell newspapers and magazines and that went, went and bought it i remember fable the very first fable that came out on oh, xbox yes. i i got someone gave me a guide for that i can remember multiple times hopping on the internet and acquiring guides for other other games as well you know so yeah Mm -hmm. it's a really really good point there um and it's something that actually yeah when you think about it that's a back in my day moment you know that might be one yeah interestingly enough at the time of recording this one the dad and lad chuckles and change is actually going to be recording directly after this session and ironically (laughs) What we're talking about on that one is the difference in video games. So I've just made a little note to talk about the guidebooks. Game guides. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing, this is slightly off topic, and I'm sorry, people listening to this, but do you remember the cheat books you used to be able to get as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'd You'd buy a big, thick book, and it'd have so many games listed in it, and you'd look up the game to tell you if there are any cheat codes you could use, like put this in this combination of buttons and you can do X, Y, Z. It was, yeah, right. good times. But, but anyway. To bring it back, <laughs> but to bring it back to Adam's um, feedback, yeah, I don't think Mojang has, you know, uh, maybe at one time they had something like that, uh, but there has just been so much added to Minecraft lately. Uh, how are you going to know? Um, are they just depending on us to to either a figure it out ourselves or b look it up on YouTube? And I think the difference here 
is, you know, we were just referencing this to the old guidebooks, but you didn't really need to have a guidebook. So like with the Metal Gear Solid 2, with the, the dog tag collection, you didn't need a guidebook to tell you where they were. If you really wanted to, you could go and hunt down every NPC until you found them. I was just, I was mm -hmm. lazy. I wanted to get it over and done with. With Minecraft though, I would argue for some things, you actually do need a guide to actually piece it together on what to do and how to get mm -hmm. there. And, and that I think is a problem with game design at its core base. So while I don't think they're doing it for money, I think it is an indication that the fact that they still have to have guidebooks for Minecraft is showing that, well, A, it's a big game and it's a complex game, but they've got an intuition problem. I, I, I don't know. Maybe Jack Black will show us how to do everything in the movie. <laughs> Either him or Aquaman, one of the two. But that sort of yeah. leads us into uh, Josh's email. Now, do you want to share who Josh is? Uh, Josh uh, or the Bearded Bard um, on the Discord is is actually my son. And I raised him as a geek. He was brought up around video games. It's about everything that I love, the movies, uh, games. Um, we sh really share a lot of similar things that we like. And um, should I just share his 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 feedback? Well, I was going to say, first of all, uh, you and Josh actually do another podcast here on the Interrealms Network uh, called Does It Adapt? You want to give a bit of a plug to that one while we're here? Yes. Um, again, we share similar likes uh, as far as movies, genres, things of that sort. Uh, and we share a lot of the same opinions most of the time uh, with things. Uh, and we thought that it would, uh, we came up with a concept for a, podcast where we wanted to talk about things that we loved different shows video games and uh, things of that sort but we wanted a different twist on it so we got to looking at um, how a lot of movie or get made into movies into tv shows uh, you get you've got video games being made into uh, tv shows nowadays like last of us which was our our first episode uh, so we're looking at adaptations and we're giving our opinions on whether or not we think it adapts. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it faithful to uh, the source material? And uh, and I'm sure we'll do one for the Minecraft mo movie. But that, uh, that would be interesting. But that's yeah, that's the that's the uh, podcast. My son, uh, Joshua, the bearded bard uh, do together. So shall we jump into Josh's email? Because there's a couple yes. of interesting um, points in it. Yeah, and I'll expound on it. Um, because after he had sent the email, I had talked to him and, uh, uh, you know, kind of gave me more of an idea of what we what he was uh, trying to explain. Uh, in his email, he said, uh, in contrast to your recent episode about the intuitiveness of Minecraft, while I agree there are certain aspects of Minecraft that are hard for new players to sometimes grasp, I do not. I do feel that this is not true for every age group. There are games such as Dark Souls, Elden Ring, Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom. The Zelda games uh, have all been games in which it is up to the player to discover how to move forward with the story. It's a great way uh, for players to use context clues to help solve the issues they have. I would also like to say that while attention spans have been less and less and TikTok has led to this, younger generations still enjoy watching uh, full videos of content. Uh, I would argue that younger generations have a lot more time content because they only have their day filled with school. And people, on, you know, when you get uh, into the working force in your 20s, you're 
you start dealing with college work, et cetera, and have less time to absorb content. So I uh, asked him to talk about this more. And in some way, I see his point. And what what I was talking about earlier in this episode about um, age and generational gaps um, and how games have changed. I I can see how their games have gotten, some games have gotten harder. I'll say right here now, I, I do not care for Dark Souls, but it's a game that's meant to not hold your hand. Uh, it doesn't really give you a whole lot of guidance. You're just, it throws you into the fire and you, you're probably going to die many, many times. Uh, and there's a whole genre of games like souls like games like that well i don't think minecraft is a souls like game uh it, it it can be for some people there it kind of frustrates me being older that there is an age group that can just pick up a game like dark souls and just figure it out and they just you know and then they play another game that's like dark souls and they just figure it out and i kind of wondering if if there is like a generational thing to where nowadays could just figure it out. I I see where Josh is going with his his reasoning, but I don't agree. And I think he actually summed it up here in two points. Uh, Where is it here? Uh, These games, it's up to the player to discover how to move forward within the story. Okay. Minecraft doesn't have a story. That's, that's point one. So Mm-hmm. Most of the most of those games have a storyline that you know you've got to progress along a certain path, so to speak. So you've got an idea of what to do. When you spawn into Minecraft, for the very first time, if you have no context, it says, move forward, WSAD, chop a tree, mm-hmm. right? There's no context there to give you to complete the game, which we decided was, you know, when the credits roll, which is when you ultimately defeat the dragon. The other thing here that he says is it's a great way for players to use context clues to help solve the issues they have. When I first spawn into Minecraft, what's the context clue that I have to beat a dragon in another dimension after after traveling to a secondary dimension before I get to the third dimension? What's my context clue? What's my context clue to find ancient cities? What's my context clue? Cl- what's my context clue? Uh, for the new troll chambers, unless I accidentally find them. What's my context? Right. What's my context clue to brush uh, armadillo to get? What's my context clue? So I, I I see what he's saying and I get it and I do agree that a younger person coming on with a younger mind that's growing up in this generation of this sort of gaming will probably be able to piece the bits together a lot easier than someone of you and I generation minor. I a hundred percent agree with that. But that doesn't take away from the fact Minecraft should be accessible for all ages. The reason I say that is Interrealms is currently going through the process of becoming an official Mojang approved server on the official server Mm -hmm. list. And one of the criteria there that we had to meet and adhere to is that Interrealms, our server, was to be suitable for all ages. To me, suitable for all ages doesn't just mean suitable for content for young people to consume. The game is is loved and enjoyed by all. You know, you look at the hermits. They're all, for the most part, what, over 30? Pushing maybe even 40 or older? Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Interrealms themselves. We've got people, you know, from 15 to older, <laughs> you know, pushing 60. Yeah. You know, so... Ancient. Like ancient. Me. Yeah, like me. <laughs> you know, so you got... It's a game that's got a... If it's got a... Wanted to keep its long lifespan going, it has to be accessible to 
all players, all playing groups. While I see the point that Josh is making, comparing them to games that do have a storyline as such doesn't quite work for me. But also saying, using them as an example for the context clues, it says, well, exactly. They give the players context clues. In a lot of respects, Minecraft with its features do not give context clues. Right. And I um, I may be wrong. Uh, you guys in uh, that listen to this or down in the comments or email, whatever. I, I, I thought I had saw something about rumors of them putting in more, I guess, what we'd call tool tips, um, you know, like a tutorial. Um, uh, there was actually at one point um, a tutorial world. And uh, that was, I forget who brought that up. Uh, on X, um, whatever happened to tutorial worlds, uh, that that helped you figure things out a lot more. But it's it's something that's kind of disappeared. And to go along with um, like modern Minecraft, especially on Java, you have mods that actually include mini tutorials on how how something should be done, like uh, the create mod. You have the ponder feature. Hmm. So if you don't know how to make a um, just a, a water wheel. Uh, you can ponder on it, and uh, it'll kind of give you a little mini mini movie on you know how how it's made and how to use it. Uh, so I think uh, hopefully Mojang is seeing things that are being done by mod makers and including those. Hopefully, include something like that because yeah, that they you know they're trying to appeal to all ages and especially uh, younger audiences that might not, they uh, spawn into a world and have no clue. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and Josh does go on about, I don't know whether we need to talk about it now, but it might need its own, its own episode in the future, which is a sort of a non-Minecraft thing. Uh, it goes to talk about the, the attention spans, the TikTok brains. And he does say younger generations still enjoy watching full videos of content. Well, do they? <laughs> um, let me talk to you about my two kids. Don't want to watch Hermitcraft anymore, but they will sit. Oh, because it's too long. But they will sit. If I let them, I don't. But they would sit for hours and just scroll through YouTube shorts. So I don't agree with that con concept at all. Yes, there are people that will enjoy watching long form. No questions asked. But I think society as a whole is being conditioned that our attention spans are getting less and less and less. That's why on long form videos, believe it or not, you have seven seconds to hook someone to watch more. They're going to swipe away. Exactly. Everybody's trying to be like Mr. Beast, that, that style of con content where it's just like in your face. Every second has to be like popping out of you uh, to, to hold your attention. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a brand new world as far as content goes and it's, it's ever evolving. Uh, so it's, it's sometimes a hard, hard, it's sometimes hard to keep up. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, unfortunately we are becoming a society which has, uh, less and less and less attention spans. And considering we've now been going for, uh, recording at for 45 minutes, I would assume that most of our listeners have probably turned off half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize we were going that long. It was a lot of feedback this time. And there was some really well thought out thoughts. Uh, and minor, we would love to get more. Where where can people keep continue to keep feeding us feedback? Of course, you've got the uh, email, um, the Minecraft Lab Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can comment right down here in the uh, comment section if you're listening to this on YouTube. 
You can reach us on X at MC underscore lab. Uh, and um, you could always, you could always uh, join the discord and chat with us about there and chat with us about the podcast there. Uh, that happens quite often with the people in our community. Uh, they, they listen to an episode and they uh, talk about it for a good bit. Uh, you can also connect with us on uh, the Interrealms SMP website and uh, it's interrealmssmp.com. And just uh, right there up at the top, press connect and uh, you can, any one of us from right there. Well, this has been great. Uh, I do find that we are getting more and more feedback um, every week, which is fantastic. So please keep it coming. We love being able to do a full episode just on your feedback. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, we look, we're looking to do one of those at the end of every month as sort of a recap on what we've spoken about. Um, yeah, so please keep it going. Uh, but until next time, Miner, um, I'm going to go off and try and find this new mythical wood that is still not announced for 1.21. Are, are we getting new wood? Well, according to Jurassic's feedback, we are. Well, I'll make sure I blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jurassic says, seeing as Miner keeps saying spicy, and we already know about Troja's wood, maybe this is a sign that there will actually be spice wood. Dong, dong, dong. That, was, that was an early rumor early on about spice wood. But is that one that just came through from clickbait YouTubers? Time will tell. Right. We'll have to see. Well, you've already done the outro. Yeah, that'll do. Done. <laughs> I just think we just cut it okay. there. It's time for wood, then. Um. <laughs> Are you recording, baby? Sure am. We'll get that wood ready. It's time for wood. <laughs> it's wood time. <laughs> Do this for real. <clears throat> That's what she said. <laughs> Hell, <laughs> it, it stopped so I can start. That's also what she said. Okay. Oh, <laughs> this is good okay. Be, okay. We're in a good mood for this, so this should be a good recording session. <laughs>